You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Sorry, I was swallowing. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Ghoul Friends podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Celeste. And this is actually 109. Celeste had a brain fart last week and called last week's episode 109. Yep, I just had no idea what was going on and thought we were on 109 because <laughs> I've skipped um, skipped an episode just, in my brain. You know, it's okay. It happens. It does. It does. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm good too. It's a hot day, but tomorrow is a high of 70 degrees and uh-huh. I am so ready for it. My body cannot explain how excited it is to not sweat. <laughs> I think I'm going to turn the AC off tonight. And crack a window. You know how happy our AC will be that it gets a break? It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's been 84 years. (laughs) When you live in the South, that's what it feels like. Um, And I know, I know, I feel like central heating and air is a very American thing. I could be wrong about that Mm -hmm. if I am correct me. But um, for those that don't know that maybe outside of the U.S., um, when you have like central air, you usually keep it running. It's not like a window unit that you would turn on and off. Right. It's just always on. It turns on when yeah, it's, and it's heat too. Yes, so you can it have does. Your tea, your your tea, <laughs> your heat. You can have heat and tea, <laughs> or air conditioning. Yes. So. And when you live in the southern states, that bitch runs all year round. It does. It's always I find like around this time, maybe a little bit later, it just feels so quiet outside, yeah. and then it's you realize. People don't have their ACs running. running yes. Because it's like a loud fan that's outside. Yes. And, you know, circulates, but. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very distinctive noise, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you had never heard it before, you wouldn't know what it was. But You want to tell them what it sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. I hadn't thought about that, but I think you're right. It does kind of seem quieter when folks are able yeah. to turn off their ACs. Until wintertime, when it's cold and, and everybody's heat's on. <laughs> but see, we're the inverse. Like, everyone wants to turn on their heat so early, and I'm like, until mm-hmm. we crack into the upper 40s, like, that, <laughs> ace, that heat is staying off. Get another fucking blanket. Exactly. My father, we have now decided, needs to have his own jacket to keep over here. <laughs> because every time... He freezes, and every time he asks for me to turn it up, and I tell him, unless you pay my um, electric bill, you don't get to make decisions. <laughs> now, mind you, when I go to his house, I jack it all up. <laughs> it's like, thank you. <laughs> Growing up, I remember we had, um, like, our thermostat, and mm-hmm. our, the downstairs where, like, all the bedrooms were was, like, right outside of my door, mm-hmm. if you remember. Yeah. I would always at night, uh, right, yeah. <laughs> and, like, he finally ended up, like, putting a little box around it because he was, like, stop messing with my AC. <laughs> but now as an adult, I kind of get that because yeah. why are you jacking up my bill? Yeah. That's, like, uh, the saying in Maine, I feel the tank, you don't crank. <laughs> because That's in Maine. so New england <laughs> You have oil tanks that you put kerosene in, and yes. that is what heats your house. Yes. And it's expensive. It's really expensive. It is. That was a really foreign concept to me. When yeah. We like when I first started going to Maine with you, and we moved. Obviously, lived in New England for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we have in our house? It wasn't oil. We didn't have when we lived in Massachusetts. Yeah, we had the, um, the radiators, radiant heat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember the first night they turned on, oh and Celeste my. was like, our house is going to blow up because they ting, they sizzle, like, like, they get really hot. And people, like, throw clothes and shit over them, and I'm like... <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> like, you were going to burn the house. Like, I literally yeah. thought someone was breaking into the house the yeah. first time I heard those things start going. It definitely takes a while to 
get used to, especially sleeping, because yeah. their radiators are really loud. Those yeah. are like in really old houses. And we my, had a really old house. <laughs> yep. My dorm in college oh my had God. radiators. I can imagine the symphony of like clanging radiators but down the hall. We didn't get to like choose our like temperature level. Oh, they set it for you. And it was always fucking hot. We would have windows open in the middle of winter. I, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think we got to control our AC and our dorms either. I think yeah. it was like 70 probably the yeah. preset at, but um, yeah. we didn't have that issue with it getting really cold. <laughs> <laughs> Did not yeah. quite happen. Um, what else we got going on? I have rosacea. Well, there's that, folks. You heard it here first. Caitlin did a very, very brave thing and went to the dermatologist. <laughs> to preface that, I have anxiety. A lot of anxiety, especially going like to the doctor's office. Yeah. To be fair, that's actually... I saw this on TikTok. That's actually a real type of anxiety called healthcare anxiety. Yeah. And I get it, too, because any bump or any like weird... like literally could have a headache. I'm like brain tumor <laughs> dead. And so I have to call my mom and she has to talk me down off the ledge, but I can yeah. understand it in reverse to like being afraid to go see a doctor as well. So I'm proud of you for, for going. And now you have your answer. Yeah. You have your grandmother to thank. I, I do. Um, we had to buy a very expensive cream. Oh, Sorry, I was having a side did. text conversation with Barbie. Yeah. She's not paying attention. <laughs> um, it's ivermectin, which is a horse dewormer. <laughs> I don't even get me started on that. It was prescribed by a medical doctor. I'm yeah. just putting that out there. This is, that is what it is for. Well, and an antibiotic. And I think started last Tuesday. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, you went on Tuesday. Okay, so Wednesday was when I started. Mm-hmm. So it's been less than a week. I've seen a huge I, you know, improvement. I, have, I can say that, too. Yeah. I definitely see a huge improvement. Yeah. Yeah, and you've committed to going uh, gluten-free. So, yep, fun fact. Um, I have a gluten allergy. Yes. And apparently that is very directly related to rosacea. Yeah. So I'm all gluten-free. Today's day number four yep. of no gluten. And I don't – there was only one thing that I had that was terrible, and that was – I'm not going to say the brand because maybe one day they'll sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell them to make it less terrible. <laughs> it was the it was a bowl of cereal, and it was to me the equivalent of eating shredded cardboard, cardboard in milk. <laughs> no, yeah, that one was kind of bust. But I mean, we literally we just had lunch, and you made a DiGiorno uh, gluten free deep dish pizza, and I gotta say, I was kind of jealous of it. Like it, there's was, plenty. Oh, oh I saved it. Yeah, I was going to say, there was plenty to have. I know. I had my, my, my glutinous pizza <laughs> because we're trying to go through the, the gluten items in the home. Well, and fun fact that you are going to try and do gluten-free no, too. No, I am. I mean, it would be easier for Yeah, I don't have a problem with us doing to both that. Do, you know, but obviously we have food in the house that's gluten, so yeah. you're kind of working through that as I muscle through. Yeah. I really, I mean, we had Oreos last night, gluten-free Oreos. I know. Like, they tasted literally exactly I, like Oreos. You know the biggest different differences between things with gluten and things without gluten? What? The fucking cost. <laughs> You're not wrong, though. We did discover that Costco is the place to go we for gluten-free things. So yeah. if anyone else here is dealing with a gluten intolerance, yeah. um, if you have like a Costco or Sam's or somewhere, like check that out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I have the best slogan for a gluten-free product. So oh. if any of y'all are listening, you, you hit a girl up and don't steal my idea. Ready? <laughs> No glutes, no toots. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Good one. Good one. 
good one, babe. No gluten, <laughs> no gluten, no tootin. <laughs> That's really funny. You're welcome, folks. <laughs> Nobody steal my motto. <laughs> Something wrong with you. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with there's, <laughs> there's a hell of a lot wrong. Uh, yeah. So that's what we've been doing. <laughs> there ain't no tootin' if you ain't eating gluten. <laughs> <laughs> Which if you do eat gluten and you're intolerant to it, you know that there's definitely tooting. <laughs> if you do. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I've had it since I was a young child and I haven't really strictly like followed it. it yeah. I guess that means I'm old. I guess so. You know what made me feel really old today? What? Um, I are gray hair sprouting from your head. The- <laughs> pretend you didn't say that. No. What made me insanely excited was the new car wash they just built near our house that I have been dying to try. Okay. Listen, Celeste has been, from the moment she realized it was a car wash. Because we have no good car washes over here. I know, babe, but now we do. I know, and it was amazing. She has been, like, so excited for this to open. Like, every time we drive by, it's like, is it open? Is it open? And finally, it is open, and you got up this morning, and you were like... Going to get my car washed. I did. <laughs> you go do it, baby. I did. And now I will say for my other anxious people out there, the only thing that gave me slight anxiety was trying to line up my wheels to get onto the track. <laughs> but they have a very nice person out there that, like, guides you. Um, but other than that, it was great. And Good. it comes with free vacuuming. Like, you can just, you know, I got to empty the 800 LaCroix cans out of our car. So you and I are different because you... You did fine with that. You don't talk to anybody. You just do. Yeah. It's beautiful. Celeste is picking her nose. Oh. Mid- well, I'm sorry. I had an itch. <laughs> um, you did that all yourself. I would rather drive an extra 10 minutes to the cactus that does it all for you. You get out of your car. They drive your car through the car wash. And then they, like, detail it inside and out. And you just sit inside in a nice, cozy little cafe and watch TV. It's true. I was trying to be cost efficient. It's $10 to get it's all $20 the- for every. I'm just saying. Well, excuse me, man. Well, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> you heard it here, too. <laughs> just full of mottos today. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Are we, um, I think we're about at our ramble point. We, we rambled. All right. What are we doing today? Um, we kind of went a little true crime this week. I hadn't done true crime in a minute. It's, and you know what? We, we do whatever we want. So. Whatever we want. <laughs> Yeah. Do we want to rock, paper, scissors for who goes first? Or do you have a preference? Um, it does not matter to me. Do you just have one? Yep. I do too, because mine was a, a doozer. A doozy. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to rock, paper, scissors? Yep. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. okay. So you pick. Me first. To receive or defer. Yep. Um, I will... I'll go first. Okay. If that's okay. Because this is kind it's of a... Choice, this babe. is a big one. It's a good one. It's a really good one. And you have a lot of cool connections. I do. Are you going to talk about that? Yes, I will. So um, today I am talking about Pee Wee Gaskins, or as I will be referring to him during this episode, Pee Wee Trashkins, because he was a giant trash can can of a man. Um, So I will say, and if this sounds familiar, it's because we've talked about it. Um, if you remember Mama Ghoul's episode, which everyone has like loved, I've gotten we've gotten a lot of messages about. Everybody loves Mama Ghoul. I know, and she was so convinced that she was going to be like the Rodan end of Ghoul Friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did I make Ghoul Friends podcast not be a podcast anymore? Like, <laughs> if anything, no. she made us all smarter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but one of the things that we mentioned is that she actually worked on 
this case when she was in forensic pathology. Yep. Um, now she didn't want to talk about it at the time cause she wanted to go back and review like her notes. So she has not spoken about it. Maybe in the future mm-hmm. we can have an episode with her again where she actually talks about this case. Okay. Um, before I get started too, I will just put a blanket trigger warning out there. Um, this is very, very graphic and I left a lot out of it. Um, there will be references to rape, uh, obviously murder and debt or violence against children. So, well, let's just go ahead and say that mine includes all of that as well. So if that bothers you, this may be not a good episode. Right. Feel free to, you know, skip this one. We're not going to be mad. Yeah. Um, but all right, let's get right into it. Shall we? It's a piece of parsley on our table. Oh, <laughs> Again, sad. everyone's like, you guys are disgusting humans. <laughs> I, I swear we were clean. Maple <laughs> <laughs> syrup, parsley. Just all sorts of shit. Okay. All right. So, Pee Wee Trashkins. That was not his legal name. His legal name was Donald Henry Gaskins. Okay. And he was born on March 31st, 1933 in Prospect, South Carolina. Um, and that's in Florence County, for okay. anyone wondering. Um, so, his mother's name was... A, don't know if I'm saying this right, but Eula, Eulia Parrot. Um, and he was one of many, and I put this in quotations because I do not like this term, illegitimate children, which is mm-hmm. fit with the time period. That's what, yeah. what it would be termed. Um, so the reason his name was, uh, nickname was Pee Wee was because he was actually quite short for an adult man. He was only about 5'4", and that's how tall I am, <laughs> um, and weighed about 130 pounds. So okay. because of his small stature, he was very severely bullied pretty much throughout his childhood. Okay. Um, now, I am not saying this to negate anything he did because he is an absolute <clears throat> flaming trash can. Um, but he did have a very uh, abusive and traumatic childhood. Um, his mother very severely neglected him, and he apparently, um, I read as well, was abused by a male family member growing up. Okay. Apparently, and this was um, kind of sad, again, not negating anything he did, but his mother apparently didn't even remember his full name until it was read aloud in one of his many court appearances. Oof. So that kind of gives you an idea of, you know, what his child look, you yeah. know, looked like. Um, you know, he was often described as being a con artist and being incredibly manipulative. Um, and this is kind of where we start talking about his lifelong kind of crime events okay. because there's many of them and it started early. So at age 11, he quit school and he began working at a car garage. Okay. And when he was there, he met two boys and their names were <clears throat> Danny and Marsh. And together they nick- them, nicknamed themselves the Trouble Trio. Oh, good. Yeah. What so, year was this? Do you know? Like around? He was born in 1933. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So this would have been in the 40s gotcha. at some point. Yep. Um, so the group begins hanging out and burglarizing homes. That's kind of what they like to do in their spare time. Um, and they kind of split ways after, and again, heavy trigger warning, uh, they gang raped Marsh's little sister. So giant sacks of shit to begin with. Yep. Um, in 1946, uh, a girl interrupted Gaskins while he was breaking into a home and he struck her in the head and the arm with an ax before fleeing the scene. Uh, the girl did survive, and Gaskins was found and arrested for it um, and was charged and found guilty of assault with a deadly weapon. And at this point, he was sent to the South Carolina Industrial School for Boys. Now, he was, again, severely abused in this. It was called a reform school. Okay. Um, my guess is like a juvenile yeah. facility for its time um, by fellow boys there. And he eventually escaped and joined a traveling carnival. Oh, Okay. okay. There, he married a 13-year-old girl. And if you're like me, you're going, how in the fuck is that legal or <laughs> right. possible? In but South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. 
But he did end up going back to the reform school to finish out his sentence. Um, I'm sorry. You got a drink? Yeah, it's just not going away. It's okay. Not trying to be annoying. It's okay. Um, So after he left the reform school, he started working on a tobacco farm. And then he kind of started on his, like, little side hustle of uh, committing insurance fraud. Basically, people wanting to collect insurance policies on their barns would pay him to burn them down so that they could collect money, and they would pay him a cut of that insurance money. (laughs) Nice. Now, small town shit usually gets around pretty quick. Yeah. And people started getting suspicious about this. And when his one of his, I think, employer's daughters asked him about the fire, he um, split her skull open with a hammer. Just logical, right? Yeah. yeah. So for this, he was sentenced to five years for assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. Um, this did not stop. In fact, it got worse as time went on. Okay. Um, the actual first... Uh, Murder he committed in, uh, I'm sorry, He when he was back in prison, he committed um, a murder there so that he could be seen as what they called a power man. And basically, it was the worse of a thing you did, the more you were respected. Oh, good. And he did this because he didn't want to be bullied for being... <clears throat> being short. Yeah. So Being he, a pee-wee trash can. Being, yeah, which he ended up being anyway. <laughs> so he was sentenced to six months of solitary confinement for murdering a fellow inmate. Um, but like I said, the new status of, you know, committing this murder did allow him to avoid the abuse he had previously experienced. Um, in 1961, he returned back to South Carolina and continued breaking into homes. He got out of prison after murdering someone in prison? Mm-hmm. He's like in and out this whole time. Dang. The sentencing, I'm like, y'all, <laughs> are we not getting a pattern here? Right? Yeah. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people could have kept their lives had, you know, even. stayed where Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's, uh, 1961, he goes back to South Carolina and continues doing his shady shit, but he avoided arrest because he worked as a driver for a traveling minister that allowed him to go from town to town. Okay. So he was kind of able to avoid the authorities that way. In 1962, he was arrested for statutory rape of 12 year old girl and fled to North Carolina. There, he married a 17-year-old girl, but she ended up going to the police and saying that he was abusing her, and he ended up getting sentenced to six more years in Columbia Penitentiary. Now, this homie, when we should have probably just kept him there, he was paroled in 1968. Now, 1969 is an interesting year for Gaskins, (laughs) but not laughing at what he did, because it's actually awful. (laughs) No, I was laughing at 69. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. Um, This was a pivotal year for Gaskins because his um, violence kind of adapted to a new pattern. Okay. So he found and picked up a female hitchhiker in North Carolina and attempted to have sex with her. And when he was unable to have sex with her, um, I think she made a comment or said something and he beat her, tortured her, and then attached weights to her body to drown her in the swamp. This was kind of the start of his... um, fascination with the concept of torture and there is much more to this that you can read but to give you a summary um he was known to keep his victims alive for days um sometimes even would cut off pieces of their body and cannibalize them in front of the victim so that's disgusting we've really taken a a nasty ass turn at this point he is an absolute trash can yeah now, this kind of leads to his most infamous time of, um, you know, his crimes, and this is 1969 to 1975, and okay. these are categorized under what people have termed the highway murders. 
Um, this was a time period where Gaskins murdered multiple boys and girls along the Carolina highways and coasts. Um, one of these victims included his own 15-year-old niece and her friend. My mom has mentioned that part before when okay. she just talked about this case. And Gaskin claimed to have committed around 100 murders during these years. Jeez. So, I mean, he is just going at this yeah. point. Now, um, he also spent a little time as a hitman. Hmm. Add that to the resume, I suppose. In 1975, a woman paid Gaskins $1,500 to kill her boyfriend, and his name was Silas Yates. On February 12th of 1975, a woman named Diane Neely, who is working with Gaskins on this plot, claimed to have car trouble, and when Yates went to assist her, Gaskins kidnapped Yates and ended up killing him, and Neely and John Powell, who was a man who helped arrange the hit, watched while this happened, so they were very much aware of what was going to go on. Jeez. Um, Neely and Powell, who I could not tell if that was her boyfriend or not. Okay. It kind of read like he was. Um, they tried to blackmail Gaskins with this by asking him for $5,000 to keep quiet. However, they really should have thought that they were asking or threatening him, maybe a serial killer, <laughs> because Gaskins met them to supposedly pay them the money and then murdered them both. <laughs> As you do. Now, obviously with all of these murders, um, Gaskins realized he needed a place to bury his victims, and Mm -hmm. at this point, he kind of started his own private cemetery, which I believe was on his land. Now, this all went on until uh, the murder of a 13-year-old girl named Kim Gelkins. Um, He murdered her around the same time as Diane Neely when this um, blackmailing event occurred. Um, He also murdered two men who attempted to break into his repair shop. He asked for throughout this time he was using a man named walter neely do not know if there was any relationship between him and diane okay um to help dispose of the bodies in his private cemetery so the police kind of caught on um and they began investigating kim's disappearance and after finding some of kim's clothing in gaskin's apartment he was indicted um walter was brought in for questioning and quickly confessed to the police and revealed the location of Gaskin's private cemetery. Police found the cemetery and Gaskin's victims, um, you know, after Walter told them. And on April 27th, 1976, Gaskin's and Neely were charged with eight counts of murder. Now, on May 24th of 1976, an additional count of murder was added. And at this point, Gaskin's received the death penalty. Well, finally. Well, it's not that cut and dry. Um, In November of 1976, the Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty was unconstitutional. So at that point, all death or all people with death penalties were converted to life without parole. And Gaskins was one of them. Now, this is where it gets interesting. And I've always found this in part kind of fascinating as the end of the story. To understand what ultimately happened to Gaskins, we have to talk about a man named Rudolf Tyner. Now, this is unrelated to him. And you'll see kind of how the two intertwine. Okay. On March of, in March of 1978, 24-year-old Tyner robbed a grocery store in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, which is actually pretty, pretty close, close to Charleston. Excuse me. He stole 200... Did the frog jump to your throat? I think so. Or Good. Yeah. <laughs> something. Um, during the robbery, he stole $200, and he murdered the store's owners and couple, Myrtle and Bill Moon. And apparently this was a small town. It was beloved, you yeah. know, a mom and pop. Um, and this was kind of... This was a brutal crime. Tyner was caught and sentenced to die, but due to the length of the appeals process and the fact that at the, um, 
I think the death penalty was still legal at this point. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he basically was not uh, meeting the death penalty as fast as people thought he should. Because the death penalty is a very slow, the appeals yeah. process is very slow mm-hmm. and lengthy. Now, Tony Simo, who was Myrtle's son, was not happy with this. He was ready to see Tyner get what he thought he probably deserved. Yeah. Um, now, he also caught wind that Tyner and Pee Wee Gaskins were being incarcerated at the same prison. And at this point, I mean, Gaskins' crimes were well-known through South yeah. Carolina. Um, so, Simo decides he wants to meet up with him, with Gaskins. And when they meet up, he asks him to kill Rudolph Tyner for him. And Gaskins probably said, like, you know what, I'm sure. here anyway. Like, might as well make a buck, right? Yeah. So, at first, Gaskins tried to um, poison uh, Tyner's lunch, and that was unsuccessful. So he got a little creative, and Gaskins decided to rig a bomb within a portable radio, and also kind of befriended Tyner at the same time. Gives him this radio and says, "Hey man, you know when I tell you, hold this up, and like you'll like I don't hear music. I don't know what he exactly told him." Tyner agrees, and basically when the time was right, he held the radio to his ear. <laughs> And Gaskins detonated the bomb, killing him. And Gaskins said in an interview that he wanted to be the last thing that um, Tyner heard to be the sound of him laughing as he hit the detonator. Oh. So, to Gaskins, not a whole big deal, right? Because, you know, what's he's, yeah. he's there for life anyway. Yep. Well, unfortunately for Gaskins, <clears throat> South Carolina had just reinstilled the death penalty the same year that he committed this murder. So at this point, Gaskins was for real sentenced to die. And on September 6, 1991, he was executed via the electric chair. Um, Before his execution, he did attempt to cut his wrist to avoid it, um, but he was uh, stopped and he made his way to the chair and that is where he died. And that is the story of Pee Wee Trashkins. Wow. That was a good one. Yeah. It's a doozer. Pretty brutal. It, it, and it's so much, like, I decided to not use a lot, some of this, because it is very, very graphic. Yeah. So. I'm sorry, Kitty's looking so cute over there. Well, she is. She's an angel. She's in the chair now, in the oh. sunbeam. No, it's cute. No, she's the cutest. Yeah. All right, well, I would tell you that mine is better, but it's not. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I was trying to come up with a name for my guy, as good as Pee Wee Trashkins, but I just, I failed <laughs> yeah. on that, on that front. Um, but I'm going to talk about Rodney Alcala. Okay. Okay. If that doesn't sound familiar, his nickname that comes up later may sound a little more familiar. Okay. Um, so Rodney Alcala was born in San Antonio, Texas mm-hmm. to a Mexican, Mexican American couple. Um, it was Raul and Anna. Okay. And he was born on August 23rd of 1943. Okay. Um, in 1951, his father decided that they were going to move to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pack up their bags, move to Mexico, live there for three years before the dad is just like, I'm out and just disappears. Oh, completely. like abandoned. Just, okay. yep. Just completely leaves. Um, so just leaving him, his mom, and he had two sisters. Um, and they decided that they were going back to the U S but they were not going to go back to Texas. They decided to go to Los Angeles, California. Okay. Um, so they kind of finished growing up there. Um, and Rodney decided to go into the United States army in 1961 when he was 17. Okay. Um, he was in there for about three years and then 
this, I don't like the term, but this, again, back in the time, it was a called a nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. um, where he kind of just freaked out and started hitchhiking from Fort Bragg, which is in North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, back to his mother in California. Okay. <laughs> the army didn't really like that. Nope. They're, they're not a big fan of that. <laughs> um, and so he got brought back to mm-hmm. the base and was seen by a military uh, psychiatrist and was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, I don't like people either. I like to be antisocial. <laughs> um, I don't even know that. I wonder if that's an antiquated, like, I think it's like an older term. term. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they actually decided to discharge him um, for, like, medical reasons. Was there sure. a discharge okay. him? Um, and then after the army, he went to school at UCLA School of Fine Arts. Okay. Okay. Seems All right. like decent, right? Not, not too bad here yet. Okay. No, he's just an uber douche. Okay. Um, so where do we start? Um, again, with the trigger warning, all the things you mentioned earlier. Yeah. We're going to be talked about here. Um, so let's kind of start with his beginning nastiness that's yeah that's just what it is mm-hmm. um so this is in 1968 and he was in los angeles still um okay. and someone had seen him trying to lure an eight-year-old girl named tali oh. shapiro mm-hmm. into his apartment oh, um yep well, that's pretty trash behavior which he does ultimately get her into the apartment um the bystander immediately called 911. Thank you. Um, and when they arrived, they had found Tali uh, raped and had been badly oh, beaten geez. with a metal bar. Um, she was still alive, but okay. uh, Rodney Trashbag had fled the scene. He mm. was not there. Gotcha. Um, so he decides he can't stay in Los Angeles anymore and moves to New York. Um, and he went under an alias name called John Berger. Okay. <laughs> John Nasty Cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Um, he enrolled in New York University Film School. Um, guy likes to go to school, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then a few years later, in 1971, he got a job in New Hampshire at a children's art camp as a camp counselor. Wow. Did we run any kind of background <laughs> check? Like, did anyone think maybe to check this guy this- out? You, it's going to get even worse than this. Good Lord. So, uh, we all know what happened there. I don't need to go into details of what he did to the children. Um, not great things. Not great things. And so in that same year, a woman named Cornelia Michelle Crilly, um, was a, she was a 23 year old flight attendant had been found raped and strangled in her New York city apartment. Mm. Uh, her murder was actually unsolved up until 2011, but just oh, wow. for like the time frame, this is when that happened. Okay. Uh, but she was murdered. They didn't know it was him. Like I said, until, until 2011, but okay. this is when he was doing his committing these nasty, crimes. Yeah. Nastiness. Um, so later on in that same year, uh, he kind of is under suspicion for some gnarly things and becomes one of the. 10 uh, most wanted fugitives in the U.S. Mm, so okay. he's wanted pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and so remember the children uh, at the, yes. the camp. Um, do you remember watching um, like America's Most Wanted growing up? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of like one of those, his pictures circulating everywhere. Yeah. 
Well, a few children recognized him mm. on the TV mm. or on a poster yeah. and said, like, hey, I know, I know him. Yeah. And basically, that's how he was caught in Good. New York. Yep. And so they caught him and they extradited him back to California. Okay. Um, he was convicted of child molestation and was sentenced to three years in prison. That seemed like a very light sentence. I feel like if you um, hurt a I, child, you just should go away forever. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. Absolutely. You're most likely going to do it again. Right. Yeah. I don't understand how sentencing works. To be fair, I know nothing about you know Me that either. aspect of the legal Three years system. doesn't seem like enough. But that seems a little, little light. To literally traumatize that person for the rest of their life. Right. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Okay. Well, we agree on that? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, three years in prison. Well, he only was in prison for 17 months before he was being worse. paroled. That's, yeah. again, what... <laughs> So, it didn't take long for him to be arrested again. Uh, he had assaulted a 13-year-old girl Ooh. and was sentenced to two years. Jeez. He does... Uh, he really was a dirty, rotten cheeseburger, huh? He was a dirty, rotten cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I told I you it, it did was, not get better. I hope it was a cheeseburger full of gluten. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had a lot of... The glutes. <laughs> um, okay, so he does... Go to prison for the two years. Okay. Um, and then gets back out. Do you think it's going to get any better? No. And it's, okay. it's, it's funny because we have that same pattern oh, in Gaskins as well. Like, yeah. No. It's going to make me mad. Keep going. It's going to make you really mad in a minute. Okay. Um, so after his prison, this last prison sentence, um, he started to pretend that he was a professional fashion photographer. Okay. He had... Uh, Kind of seen everyone from like children to adults, mm-hmm. um, and often would show pictures um, of young girls and teenage boys um, that were very um, like sexually explicit. Oh, ew. so he was being nasty. No, doing a photographer. No, no, thank you. Um, and sometimes the children would ask like, "Why are you having me do that?" And his answer: "Your mom told me to do it." Oh, well, that's real. That's yeah, Mm-mm. gross. Mm-mm. Okay, so now we're going to take a really weird turn. Okay. Are you buckled up? I am ready. You're buckled in. I'm buckled in because I want to run him over. (laughs) We're taking a 90 degree turn here. Okay. Okay. He has a nickname called the Dating Game Killer. Okay, I've heard that term before. Same dude. Still nasty. Yep. Uh, Do you remember the game show... um, the dating game? You know, I don't remember it, but I like, I know the reference to it. I okay. think it was a little bit before. So basically there's like a, in this case, there's a girl, a woman. Yeah. And there's three contestants, one, two, and three. Yeah. There's a wall in between them. So they can't see each other. Mm-hmm. And they like, the girl asks like contestant one, like, what is your, if you're going to take me on a date, what would yeah. you like your perfect oh, date. they do a version of that on Whose Line Is It Anyway? And yes. it's really funny. Yes. Okay. So, basically, it's just, it's a, a, a dating game. It's and the original want... Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I wish I'd make another. It'd be perfect with COVID, because you're not face-to-face. Social distancing at its finest, yeah. folks. Um, so, basically, it's a dating game, and the ultimate goal is to have the woman pick you. Right, right. Okay. This was in the middle of his killing spree. This douchebag gets picked to be on the dating game oh, show good. as a contestant. 
Solid. Great. Was there no background check? Again. He like, had been in and out of prison for child molestation and rape. And we thought this was a good And person. you're a good contestant? Yeah. Mm-mm. Angry. What the fuck, right? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's actually, I was watching it, a YouTube like clip of him. There's... The show that you can watch, yeah, him like he answer was questions and Ooh. like it's weird to see because you knew he was like right in the middle of his like nastiness, um, yeah, being an awful fucking person. Do you want to hear how they introduced him? Like contestant number uh, one uh, mm. is a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the darkroom at the age of thirteen, fully developed. Ew. Between <laughs> it's a, kind of a nasty show if you listen to it. There, there's um, a lot of sexual. What? Um, between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling. <laughs> I feel like that is every douchebag man's, like, <laughs> I like to skydive and ride motorcycles. Yeah. No, no offense to anyone if you like to do those things. I'm just saying, it sounds very generic. It does. It does. Uh, you know, they missed the part of where he was raping and murdering. Yeah, and being an absolute, um, dirty, rotten cheeseburger. Did we tell the story about Dirty Mushroom? No, I don't think so. <laughs> you said it, and I thought that's what you were going to say. Oh, no. Um, think... So one of my friend's children is three. Has learned a lot of um, he, colorful language. <laughs> he learned the phrase, uh, fuck you. And yeah. obviously you don't want your children to just be, be saying that. learning that out. So it's like kind of hard navigating. Like when he says it, do you ignore it? Do you, you know, tell him not to say it. But he also has a 10 year old brother who thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. I could, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was talking with him and we were playing outside or whatever. And there was this like huge mushroom mm-hmm. and he kept every day. He would just go out and like check on his mushroom. <laughs> One day it just started like to rot. Like yeah. it was kind of going away and it was pretty slimy and nasty looking. And he was like going to touch it. I'm like, Oh, I don't touch that. That's a dirty mushroom. He looks me dead ass in the eyes and goes, fuck you, dirty mushroom. <laughs> and this is why we can't have kids. <laughs> and I laughed. I, I was like, I couldn't even, it was just like so, just, he knew exactly what he was going to say. <laughs> fuck you, dirty mushroom. <laughs> That's why we can't have kids, because the Lord knows what they would say. Well, so fuck this dirty mushroom. Yeah. Um, okay, so he actually does win the competition, the girl. Oh, so he was the douche. Picks him. Biggest douchebag. Okay. And then... Um, so they were supposed to go on a date kind of right after, uh-huh. like they meet each other. Hey, how, you know, how are you? And right before, like they were supposed to go on their date, she actually refused to go with him. Um, because she said she found him really creepy and like just got a really bad, well, honey, that vibe. was the smartest damn decision you ever made. You know how she probably feels right now? Yeah. Like, I could not imagine that okay. realization. You dodged a bullet. Yeah. See what I did there? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So that's where he gets the nickname of the dating game. Okay. Cause he was on the show in the middle of all this nastiness, which is crazy, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish I could tell you that he just goes back to jail forever. And that was the end. And that was the end, but that's not. So this is after the show. Um, a 12 year old girl named Robin Samso goes missing. Um, she was missing for 12 days. Uh, before they found her decomposing body on like oh, the outskirts of God. Los Angeles, oh, um, so so she was twelve. The little girl was twelve, and so they were kind of asking some of her friends, you know, did you see anything? Like, was you know, what? 
anything strange going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of her friends said that they were walking along the beach and a kind of strange looking man approached them and asked to take their picture. Mm. Um, she said, they said no, whatever, but they asked for a sketch of the man that approached her. Yeah. She has the sketch and Rodney's, um, parole officer actually noticed the sketch and said, mm. I know who that is. Well, nice of them to like, you know, get involved yeah. <laughs> after like letting him out 10 plus times. Yes. Um, so they kind of were like, all right, yeah, go get, bring him in for questioning. Uh, yep. They take him and then they do kind of a raid of his house mm-hmm. where they found a key to a like little storage box. Yeah. Uh, open the box. And what did they find in there? Earrings. That belonged oh. to Robin, the mm. little girl. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that kind of circulated that. Gotcha. And now goodbye, sir. For for good. <laughs> um, for good. He was found and arrested and was convicted of murder and was sentenced to death. Good. Um there were way there were names and like the I guess way that they were murdered. There were way too many to list that mm. I didn't. Um he was convicted of seven murders, mm-hmm. um, but it is more believed that it was up to 130 people that he had murdered. And oh. there's a lot of cold cases that they're trying to reopen to see if they can somehow connect, connect him. Um, because at the time, um, they couldn't use DNA mm-hmm. right, during right, right. his trial. And now they're like, we have DNA, we have and I think it was as recently as a couple of years ago, one, there was, sorry, this is gross, but um, they found his semen in mm, one of the cases and kind of said, like, we yeah. can assume this is how right. she, you know, she was murdered by him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, convicted of seven, but definitely was a lot more than seven. Yeah. Um, and crazy. He was sentenced to death, but he died of natural causes in, mm. I think it's called Corcoran, California. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In, on July 24th of this year, 2021. Really? Yeah. I feel like I may remember seeing that in the news. Something. But... Yeah. So just a couple months mm. ago. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Damn. Instead of undisclosed natural causes. Yeah. I hope he choked on a hot dog. Yeah. Or, or a dirty cheeseburger. Or a dirty cheeseburger. Yeah. Because I could, I mean, I, one, you know, uh, and I want to just say too, when we talk about these things, we don't mean to be flip because... They're actual. I mean, these were, I mean, these were people who very unfairly had their lives a stolen from them, and yeah. two, their families have to had to deal with the yeah. you know the events and everything in the media, and I can't begin to imagine what that must feel like. Yeah. Um, and the victims that survived, and the and the survivors, of course, yeah. and I think too to only be charged for seven when there are so many more families mm-hmm. that were ripped apart by the you know by his nasty ass acts. And I know we've said it too, like as hard as it would be to have. Um, like someone be murdered in your family. Imagine just not knowing who or what or like having Why? no closure, mm-hmm. you know, in a cold case that's... Yeah. And it's interesting too, in my mom's episode, she said that was one of the things that motivated her to go into pathology was mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of times, you know, they're the final voice yeah. for the deceased. And, and sometimes they are able to um, bring closure to the families, even if it is tragic, at least yeah. to give them some piece of, you know hope to move on, you know, not move yeah. on, but to, um, cope. Have closure. And right. Move. And begin to cope and heal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, these are, these were two nasty ass people. Yeah. And I ain't mad that they're gone. 
No. Nope. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know, it's a, I'm calling it a fun fact, but it's not really a fun fact, that it is, I hate statistics, but... I did not do very well. I did not do well statistics. <laughs> I passed the skin of my teeth. <laughs> um, that it is said that in your lifetime, you will most likely have met two people that Ooh. have murdered someone in their lives. I think I have, um, like, accidentally or... Did it, like, specify, like, accidentally or, like, intentionally murdered? No. Mm-mm. Just someone that I had murdered. Gotcha. Well, I guess murdered implies that it was intentional. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. I yeah, take yeah. that back. That's, ooh. Not killed. Yes. Yeah, that, killed I was, and murdered is definitely Yes, murdered. I was yeah. mixing those two words up. Um, no, that's a very unnerving thought to, to think. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't like murder. No, I don't either. I'm not a fan. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that was, this was a good episode. I feel it was like good. it's kind of a departure from what we usually do. It's kind of um, nice to do something different. Yeah, and if y'all like it, I mean if y'all are into the the true crime episodes, um, you know, we are by no means a true crime podcast, but Mm-mm. um if you want us to cover more, please let us know. We're, I think we're open to doing that. Yeah. You can get your infection. Oh Lord. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Come visit me on Facebook. Yep. I guess we're wrapping up. It's about time. Yep, I think so. Um, (laughs) So I'm done. She's she's her ear hurts and she's done. I'm making a a cake, so I'm excited to do that. Yes. Um, have a lot of traction on Facebook recently, so keep sending your. Okay, I have another thing to add that you can send me pictures of because I love them just as much as my dog and cat and animal pics. Um, you're you like actual human children. Like your babies, Adorable. yeah, like babies and like grown babies, like just all children, like just children, yeah, like cute little babies, like little fat faces, and you just want to like squeeze them and grab their belly, yeah, and their little feet, little, little feet, yeah, yeah. So add yeah. that to the list. I've, of this. <laughs> I've been people sending pictures of, and not in a creepy way. <laughs> no, I have the same reaction as when I see a cute dog mm-hmm. and then it with a cute baby. So yeah, and that can be added if you want. Yeah, babies just terrify me. They're cute, but like I don't I don't know what to do with you. Like what do you need? <laughs> They're crying, they need something. I know, but the fact that they can't tell you what that is, I'm like You just figure it out. You would be I, a good mom. But we're not having children. No, so. I'm good with being an, an aunt. Look at you saying aunt. I know, because I get made fun of as I say aunt. Well no, because now it's cute because my brother has a baby. Mm-hmm. She just turned one. And we're auntie and auntie. That's a cute nickname. That's cute. Yeah. And I've already decided what I want to be called by Gab's future children. Um, when Gabby, this is a little fun fact for y'all. When Gabby was little, they tried to teach her how to say Celeste, but she couldn't, she had trouble saying it. So they tried to get her to say Cece with my first two initials mm-hmm. and Cece kind of became sissy. So she always called me sissy. So I always thought a cute nickname would be Aunt Sis. That'd be cute. Or sissy. I would say sissy. Yeah. Sissy. Yeah. So, Gabby, hurry up and have babies, please. <laughs> Get so, Kathy off our backs. <laughs> so we can move to the same neighborhood and golf cart back and forth, because that's, like, my ultimate goal. And I'll be your nanny. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm so sorry for your children. <laughs> all the stories we're going to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dirty mushroom. Yeah. Is making an appearance. <laughs> all the crazy-ass stuff we did. Yes. So, um, yes, go see you on Facebook. That yep. was the summation that of that. that. <laughs> Come see us on Instagram at Ghoul Friends Podcast. And can we look up the name of the podcast that 
we got a message from. We did. This might um, be interesting. Yeah, hold on. Because they want us to come on to yeah. their podcast. And I always find it funny when other podcasts reach out to us because I'm like, what? I know. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Am I the big deal? <laughs> and they're like, no. Um, their podcast is called The Horror Returns Podcast. Okay. Um, and this kind of seems like true crime, scary, spooky. Like movie reviews yeah. as well. Kind of got that vibe. Yep. So we have not listened to it yet, um, but we uh, after right. this we had said we were That's going on to our listen list. yeah. um, to the episode. So They yeah. said they'd be giving us a shout out. So yeah. thank you, Horror Returns. That's very nice of you. Absolutely. Here's our shout out back. Go check yeah, them out. Yeah, go check them out for yeah. sure. I love podcasts, hyping up podcasts. That's yes. the best thing. Um, all right. So I said Instagram. You can come see us on TikTok at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can see us on Twitter at ghoul underscore friends. And if you have a listener story um, or just want to email us, you can do that at ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And if you need some sick Ghoul Friends Podcast merch, you can certainly acquire that at ghoulfriendspod.redbubble.com. Job. You're so good at that, babe. I think it just like it's memorized now. It yeah. just rolls off the tongue. I couldn't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, any final words before we wrap up? I think I want to change the pictures in beside the clock to black and white photos because okay. everything else is black and white in here. And that just, I noticed it and it bothered me. Okay. okay. Well, I guess we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> After I make my cake. After you make your cake. Yes. All right. Well, for now, we hope you have a safe and a spooky week. As always, I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're your girlfriends. Cool